Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. There is a whole lot that um, is going to transpire this year in your life. Does that sound strange? There is a lot that God wants to do this year in your life. He, he's already, he, it has already been done. It's settled in heaven. It is something that has occurred, something that has been in the plans. So we're going to talk about how to be in a position to receive this. How many of you want to understand how to position yourself to never miss an opportunity from God? Raise your hand. If you want to position yourself to never miss an opportunity from God or to even find out how you can position yourself to watch opportunities come. Well, that's what we're going to talk about. The first service of this year, we're going to discuss this in Luke chapter 3, verse 21 and 23. I'm simply going to read a small segment, really, what I'm looking for to convey a thought and, and build on that. In Luke chapter 3, verse 21, in the New Living Translation here this Sunday morning is kind of going to help us with that and if you're ready say I'm ready turn to your neighbor and tell them wake up you're in church you're in church wake up wake up here we go one day when the crowds were being baptized Jesus himself was baptized as he was praying the heavens opened And the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. Didn't say the Holy Spirit was a dove. It said it descended like, which doves represent pureness. And that pureness that was in, from the heavens to the earth, was inside first in the heart of Jesus. So when he did pray, the heavens opened. and, And then a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. Did you know as a child of God, you can please God, and you can bring God great joy, and he delights in you? And Jesus was about 30 years old, 30 years old, when he began his public ministry. I'm going to stop right there because it's very important for us to understand that Jesus not only had a public ministry, but Jesus also had a private ministry. And the key to his public ministry was found in how he worshiped God privately. The most important thing in your life this year is to be disciplined and to have the initiative to do what no one else can see and what you do in secret, God will reward you openly. He will reward you openly. With that being said, can you pray for the service now? Ask God to bless it. Come on, just you lift up your voice. You lift up your voice in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you for strength and for help. In the name of Jesus, 
Lord Jesus, we pray today the anointing of God just begin to come. The anointing of God just begin to flow. The anointing of God just begin to touch us, God, from here to the back, that your presence would be here, Father, that your presence, God, would be here, that your spirit, God, would begin to move in our hearts, that everyone here would begin to give attention, dear God, to what is being said, and that there be no interruptions, and there be no things that would hinder a move of God today, because there are people that are hungry. This is your work. This is what we do. This is what we come for. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody say amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap this Sunday morning. Turn to somebody and tell them we're about to learn about the mindset for accomplishing God's will in our life. The mindset to accomplishing God's will for our life. And you can be seated. Thank you for being here. And thank you again for choosing Riverside Church and for all of our online audience, for those that are watching through Facebook, our, our, our YouTube channel, thank you for joining us. Like, subscribe, share, get the word out. We think this is relevant. We believe it's relevant for what God is going to do this year. Personally, I'm not a big believer of having a slogan for every year. You know, there was a, I think the slogan for this year would have been probably, Lord, just simply this, don't let 2023 be like 2020, let 2022 be like 2021, right? It doesn't match, it doesn't rhyme, but it makes sense. There are a lot of people that will say, just mean you in 2022, or, you know, God can do in 2022. I, I've never really looked at the beginning of a year really as anything different than what I did last year. Once you understand the mindset of what it means to be consistent. I told a few people that this year I'm doing nothing different than what I'm going to do and what I did last year. I personally was preparing for 2022 when 2021 began. So the only mindset that I really have is I'm preparing for 2023 right now. It's a mindset that we have always carried in our family, and at least I've taught my kids in our family. We've carried this in ministry. In fact, the first message we preached here when we were here and there was no carpet, this was all, this was the entire church was in here. The entire church was here and we were only able to sit about 60 people or so. That back sound media area with all the live stream comes from and the sound, the engineering, all that. That was our first Sunday school room. That was our nursery. Back there where the cafe is, that was the youth area. And the cafe was right here against this wall. And, and we sat here. And I made a statement that I think shocked the small group of people that we had at that time. But this church has grown to 400 people with over two, about 200 volunteers of people. You wouldn't think that for our location where we're at, but but God has blessed us, and God is going to continue to bless us. And this is not our home. Our home is heaven, but we have another destination as well in this city. And we're fixing to build soon. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. name. Property's paid for. We're ready to go. We're taking the next step, and God's going to meet our faith. But we are and have been preparing for a very long time. 
The statement that I made in that first service when I, we had the group of people was, I said, right now I am preparing this church for the next pastors. That's what we were doing, and that's what we are doing. That doesn't mean I'm going to stop pastoring. What it means is, is that you always have to prepare for next. Not do next. Not only think about next, but stay in a mode of preparation. Someone said it like this, you're not a success until you have a successful successor. So the mindset that we should have, if you're a mom or a dad, should always be, I am preparing my life so that my kid my children can accomplish more than I did. This was the mindset with King David. King David wasn't allowed to build the temple for God as he desired the way he felt it in his heart. But he said, if I can't build it, I'm going to help my son prepare for it. So David accumulated all the materials necessary to build the temple. And Solomon would build it, but David help prepared it that's what made Solomon's life so successful is that he had a father that understood the principle of preparation the secret to never missing an opportunity that God has for you is being prepared being prepared being prepared doesn't mean that you don't expect things to happen or you're not thinking about your goals but there's an a goal, a bigger goal, a bigger purpose. And I think God is the one who will redirect the vision because visions change. Your mission statement can change due to the geographical location of your life where God has placed you, due to, to, to just the, the opportunities that God bring your way, brings your way. And sometimes when God brings you to another level of your life where he has blessed you to be more of an influence and you have to readjust your vision. Because it should become bigger and bigger and bigger. But the one thing that should remain the same is your values. Throughout the duration of your journey and your mission. What you value. What you do. How you live. So when people ask me what's my, you know, my New Year's resolutions. I tell them the same as the year before. It really doesn't determine. It's not determined by January 1st is determined by my why. Why I'm even here. Why I was born. What's my purpose? Do I understand my calling? Do I understand my position? When you find your why, getting prepared and discipline becomes easier. When you found your why, you don't need an alarm clock. When you have found your why and your purpose... You don't need someone standing over you, waking you up, trying to tell you you got to get out of bed and do what you've been called to do today. Get up to go to work. When you have your why figured out and you've found your purpose in God and you know you're right where you need to be, there's some type of unseen energy that I refer to as the Holy Ghost or the anointing of God in my life to work his will that will cause you to get up out of bed and say... Let's do it, God. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready because I know you want to bless. I know you want to help. Every day, no matter what it is, God will help you. 
God will help you. The other morning, I had a lot of responsibility to take care of. I had a deadline to meet in my personal life. And God woke me up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Has God ever woken you up at 4 o'clock in the morning? 3 o'clock in the morning? 3.30? And woken you up and just, you didn't hear anything, but you just felt, I have a desire to pray. That's the voice of God. But this particular morning, this past week or so, God said, wake up. You have a lot to do, and I want to help you. So you have to pray. I was like, wow. Thank you. I know what he meant. God can't help you unless you pray. That, and we'll get into that later. But if you stick around at Riverside Church long enough, you'll understand these principles. And your life will change. If you'll just commit to going on this journey with us and allow us to teach you, you'll grow. I don't have time to explain the principle there, but, but I knew what he meant, and so I, I started to pray. I didn't beg, and I, I didn't go to God and have to go through a whole commitment, recommitment, and, you know, and say, oh, Lord, Jesus, forgive me, and, oh, my God, I'm so unworthy, and, oh, Lord, you're so merciful. I know he's all those things, and I know I'm all those things. So I just began to worship and said, tell him, thank you for sending me help today. Thank you for helping me today. Thank you for being who you are, and thank you. And I speak over this morning, God, that, that your presence, and you're going to touch the hearts of people that need to come into my life to help take care of these responsibilities that I've got, because it's above, above and beyond me. And I don't know how, but you know who, and you know where, and you know what time. And while I was in prayer, about 5.30, I got a phone call from somebody who said, hey, I don't ever get a phone call at 5.30 in the morning unless it is an emergency or, or a really, 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 really good friend. <laughs> and say, In other words, and he said it, he said, hey, I heard you needed help with something. Are you ready? I said, I am ready for it. I need help. He said, okay, meet me here, meet me there. And the process began. And then later on that afternoon, God sent another man my way that knew what he was doing to help me do what I was doing. And I'm trying to be discreet here because I'm trying to keep names out of it. But, but, but it, was, it was something that God did that would have cost me a lot of time. I didn't have the resource. But it was tied in to the principle of being prepared so God can help. A lifestyle. A habit. Nothing, nothing fancy, nothing above and beyond the norm, but do what you normally do. There are certain habits in your life that, that make you predictable. I'm okay with being predictable. I am okay with people knowing my routine and what I do. It doesn't matter how, what you do, but if you do it enough times every single day, the impact that it will eventually make in your life can move mountains. Where God can see you and, and help you along the way. And while you're trying to see a mountain move, you're thinking, okay, the hand of God needs to come in and just take one gigantic bulldozer and just knock that thing out at one time now that's a miracle and i believe uh, before you shout 
That's not what happens. <laughs> That's not what happens. But what's more likely to happen is that when you get up every day, God will either give you the grace to shovel it, he'll give you the network to help move it, but it will be based on your consistency in prayer to watch the hand of God move. And if you're consistent with it, the mountain does move. Now, most of the time, there are other miracles God can do. Now, God can do the miracle and remove a mountain. Now we're talking about, I was speaking of a physical mountain, by the way, not a really a spiritual one. God can heal cancer just like that. There's a difference between a healing and a miracle. A miracle is an instantaneous thing that takes place in your body or in your needs. But a healing is a progressive thing. That's why some people, when God heals them, begins to heal them, when they pray, he will continue to heal them as they continue to pray. But they give up so soon and think, oh, it's done. If it was done, it'd be a notable miracle, and you would know, and you wouldn't have to pray, but you would have to praise and thank God for it. But if it's a healing in your life, it's going to require discipline to keep on praying and believing God, and he'll make you whole. Because sometimes God looks at a sickness or a disease or a challenge or a mountain and say, you know what? I can remove it all at once for this person, but they need to develop in their spiritual life. They need more character. They need to develop a discipline in their life that will carry them through because when the mountain's gone, they'll stop praying. They'll stop seeking me. When the trouble's gone, they'll stop looking for direction. But I want them to keep looking at for me. I want them to keep on seeking me. I want them to keep on praying to me. I want them to keep on coming to church. Not just when they're in trouble. Someone say, you got to know your why. Come on, you have to know your why. And you have to know that God is in your habits. The key to knowing is, is knowing when God moves and how God moves is through consistency. Habits. Habits. Can I show you how this occurs? Would you like to see how you go from the why to being able to take a risk and not missing it? How many of you would like to see that pattern? Would you like to see that pattern? I'm going to show you right here on this chart. I want you to look at this chart really quickly. Jesus knew his why. Jesus knew why he was born. Jesus had every sign given to him from the prophets, the Psalms, the psalmist, and, and every writer of the Old Testament. Jesus, it's recorded that he fulfilled 300 prophetic words from the Old Testament in his life. My son talked about this recently. There is so much to be said about Jesus' life that we need to learn from and grab a hold of because Jesus knew his direction even from his birth. There are certain cultures that will introduce their children not based on their age or who they are at that moment, but based on their future. 
there are certain cultures like the Asian culture and other cultures that have a certain gifting within their families, certain traits, and they see it in their children at a very young age. So when they introduce their children to people, they'll say, this is my son, the doctor. This is my daughter, the lawyer. This is my other son, the business owner. And that's what they do. And they train them. And they begin to develop them. Jesus got a word through the angel to Mary that said, this is my son. And he's going to save my people from their sin. He will be the Lamb of God. So his parents were able to raise him and train him and develop him and prepare him. And you'll read about the life of Jesus. But when you know your why or why you were born, then you have the initiative to start preparing. And preparation is a continual process in your life. And the reason why some people never move forward and never see blessings come or opportunities come is because they're not prepared. They miss opportunities. That's why last year I began for the year, the next year. And right now I'm getting ready for the next year. But in between 2022 and 2023, God is going to do a lot of miracles, signs, and wonders in my life because I know my why, why, I would live, why God called me to ministry, why God called us to start this church, why God called me to be a father to four children, why God established us here in Victoria what I wake up for every single morning because we are going to make room for God to help us because we know our why. So it's not about, it's not about anything else except am I preparing for the day the day before? Am I preparing for the day the night before? Am I preparing for the day early in the morning? Do I believe God is going to be involved in what I do? Yes. That's why every day I need God, like you need God, every day to be involved with my business, be involved in the ministry, be involved in your life where we pray for you. We are preparing and praying for you to be blessed this year and that your prayer life would go to another level and that your families would grow together and that your children can be blessed. Why? Because we believe God will do it. So we prepare Jesus' life was comprised of 30 years of preparation for ministry. Think about this. I reference this so many times throughout the years so we can get it down in our subconscious. 30 years of preparation. How can one man's life do what Jesus has done? He has been gone for over 2,000 years in his body. But spiritually, he lives in the hearts of people today, millions who are in church right now, worshiping him, waiting for a word from him, building their relationship with him. And he was only on the earth for 33 years. Only three years of that was public ministry. Think about that. What kind of public ministry did Jesus have? It was miraculous. It was, to say the least, it was indescribable. There was never a devil that was able to over defeat Jesus or overcome him 
or stop him. There was never a disease he couldn't cure. There was never a person that couldn't get delivered. And it just didn't happen the first year of his ministry. We don't even know everything happened that happened except for a couple of times in his life before the age of one, between the ages of one and 30. It was all preparation. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. But you have to begin to think long term and stay prepared. Because when you start preparing, God begins to reveal the direction for your life. And that's the next one. The why gives you preparedness. A reason for getting up. A reason for day. A reason for waking up every morning and having a purpose. Preparedness. And as you begin to prepare, God begins to give you direction. As you begin to prepare, God will begin to give you direction. You'll start to serve. See, what God is waiting for is for all of us to develop and better ourselves in him and get our prayer lives and be consistent. I don't believe, I don't believe this. I don't believe anyone is without discipline. This is going to sound crazy, but I think it takes discipline to go through a binge on Netflix. Right? It takes discipline to sit on the couch all day, believe it or not. Even those that are bedridden have to be flipped around every once in a while to get rid of the sores. I'm just saying. It took discipline to get here. You know what people lack? They don't like discipline. They lack direction. They lack reason. And when you give somebody and reveal their reason and their purpose, the discipline comes into place. Now they have a reason to better themselves, to pray, to seek God, to get healthy. To study, read the Bible and other books. I believe you need to read more than just the Bible. Like, how do you know, Pastor Bobby? Well, you know, I was, I was having this discussion with one of some of our dear friends the other night. And I was wanting my wife to brag a little bit about her family lineage and her, her, her DNA and, you know, all this stuff you do genealogy is getting them all found out and it just confirmed everything her family had done already all the research so my fam my wife's uh, has has bloodlines that go all the way back to the knights templar knights and she had uh people that were stately people and 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 it was the sh they were they were in charge she comes from a family whose last name was savoy and and her also her father's name was uh, kirk that means church I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty cool. Mine's Rivetta. That means people who do business by the river, but it's all right. <laughs> and, I was and I was talking to somebody about her lineage and how cool it is. And she started talking about how they were knighted, and, and even some of her relatives were, I believe, the attorney general to the governor of Texas at one time, uh, the state of Texas. And I was like, wow, man, that's, that's amazing. I don't even know who my third cousin is. <laughs> and they were in charge of the shroud of what? Shout out to Ren. 
which is that cloth that they believed that when they wiped the face of Jesus had his imprint on it. His, her family had that, and they were the, they were the, they were the family that, that, that kept it and housed that for many years. And, and I was like, while she's saying all these wonderful things, all I can think of, well, my family was in the Alamo selling tacos. That was my family. Tacos, frijoles sin queso, you know, chicle, chicle, popcorn. But in my family, it's a line of entrepreneurs, so I know that. So, so you know, I, I'm the only one that God called into ministry in my family, so I started preparing my children for business and ministry. Because I saw it in them. So my little boy, when my boys and my kids, when they were little, I'd walk them to the church at night and pray with them and train them since they were little. My oldest boy, he was, couldn't even barely talk. And I, I, it was so dark. And I held his hand and we walked to the church. I'd tell him when he was, I'd tell him, son, this is what men do. You've heard me say this before, but, but for people that are here for the first time, you got to train them when they're young and, and, and don't treat them like they have a miniature Holy Spirit because when God gives them his spirit, they have the same one you do. But they just need to mature and grow. The scripture says Jesus grew in spirit and in stature and in favor with God and men as he grew up. But it, it wasn't void of discipline, and it wasn't void of purpose and preparedness. He knew and he had direction. Therefore, during his direction, when you get direction, your faith is built because that's where God begins to build opportunities and give them to you. Windows of opportunity. Not the door, but the windows. Something to look into, not to look out of. You're not in there yet, but you see the big picture, and God gives you a window. He'll bless you a certain way, and you'll see part of it. It encourages you, and your faith builds up. So this past week, my son was, he, Pastor Caleb told you, he was up and doing a, at a conference for our youth. There was about 300 students there, and it was a nice, nice big conference, and it was cool. Lights, you know, worship, excitement, people jumping up and down, the gifts moving, the move of God. It was pretty cool, and I thought, man, you know, I wish I had that growing up. But thank God we offer that and we can do that and offer that to our children and, and, and encourage our kids to be involved with that. And, and so they're having these, this conference and the next day, the next day he calls me and tells me, he said, Dad, he said the main conference speaker for the session, it, it got sick and they just asked me to speak it. Wow. And, he, and I, know the, I know the pastor, I know the man. He's a doctor, very intelligent. He has a doctorate degree, and he's very smart. Pastors uh, with a network of churches, and it was a big deal. And I, but, but then I, I, I just for a split second thought that's pretty cool, but I wasn't worried. Neither was he. Why? Because this is what men do, son. This is what men do. But that would have never happened had he not been prepared for it. I wasn't worried. I wasn't concerned. He wasn't worried. He wasn't concerned. I think it was Deion Sanders that said, when they asked him, I may be wrong, but somebody correct me if I am. When they asked him, how come when you get into the 
is a, this is when you get into the end zone. Why don't you jump up and down and celebrate like everyone else? He goes, because you got to act like you've been there before. Because I've been there before. When you've been there in your mind and the preparation of your heart and you've been preparing your whole life, your faith takes you to another whole level and you'll be there before you get there. Because that kind of faith gives you expectation. And that's the next thing that happens is expectation. Expectation comes in. That means you get up every morning expecting God to do something, not because you're spoiled, but because you know how faithful he is. Because you've been faithful and you've been consistent, therefore God will meet you in your consistency. God doesn't bless people and they become lucky. It's not a lottery when the kingdom of God God blesses the people that are consistent, that prepare. So you can look at somebody and you can say, boy, they're just lucky. You think they're lucky because you saw their public business. You haven't been looking at their private life. Because in private, they've been preparing. But in your eyes, you just see the results. But I promise you, and don't misunderstand me. If you start preparing, luck will visit you too. In the church, we call it being blessed, having favor. Why do some people have certain types of favor? Why do people have opportunities to present themselves? Because they're prepared. They know why they do what they do. It's a greater cause than themselves. They're not doing it for the money. They're not doing it to be famous. They're doing it because they're called. They want to make a difference in people's lives. They have a greater purpose, and they've been preparing for a long time. It doesn't just happen overnight. Some people have to go through trials and tribulation and troubles just to get the character developed so God can trust them other people have to do it by getting the blessings in their life to know how to handle it and if they don't handle it right God will correct them and they have to go through that too but at the end of the day God wants to bless everybody but he's waiting on us to get prepared and to get direction and to find out as you pray, as you develop, as you better yourself in God, God will begin to give you direction and a desire to serve in a certain department, to reach out to certain people. I believe the kingdom is divided up into two categories, and you can write this down. We are all either called to be kings or priests. Kings or priests. We're all sons of God, spiritually. But kings are people that do business are that in the marketplace that God blesses financially and through materialism things. Listen to this. Don't misunderstand. For the sake of the kingdom, just like David. And the uniqueness about David is that he was king and priest. He would wear the ephod as the high priest and walk into worship. He would lead the way when the Ark of the Covenant was being brought back into Jerusalem. He would go into the temple and eat the shoe bread and bring it out for his men. He was priest also. So there are people in the church that God will begin to bless in business, in the workforce, so they can provide and honor God with that first fruit of substance. For who? Everyone say after me, kings are provisionaries. Priests are visionaries. The priest 
is the ministry. And that ministry doesn't always come with a microphone. The ministry involves Sunday school teaching. Recovery programs. Growth track. Youth. YA. Single adults. Couples. It involves serving at different capacities. I am so thankful that at the size that we're at right now at this church, that we've got over 200 volunteers in this church. Just volunteers. People that work every single week, that serve behind the cafe, serve behind the Connection Center, serve and clean the church. You saw us dedicate two baby girls today, two little darlings, that they come up here every single week with their parents. What is that about? That's about training up a child and the way they should go. And when they grow old, they won't depart from it. That's how you do it. You want to know why my kids are in ministry? And I'm not bragging. I'm just stating the facts. Why my children are in ministry, all of them today serving, even the youngest one in the parking lot, is because when they were babies, when we were cleaning the church, they were on our hips. All the time. When the, when the Riveras came to church, they were at the church all the time, and they brought their crying babies, too. But faith gives expectation. But here's the good part. When you have expectation, you're not afraid to take a risk at the opportunity when it comes. And you're not afraid. You're not afraid. You're not afraid to step out by faith and say, this is it. I'm doing it. What's the worst that can happen? Failure? Did you ever think that your failure would become your education? You ever think that God wants you to fail so you can become wiser, learn from it? And you know what failure is? It gives you an educated guess to make it right the second time. Though a man falls seven times, the Lord will raise him up every single time. God will only use people who aren't afraid to take risk. I don't want to be hurt. I, I, don't, I don't like people, right? I, I don't like people. They're just mean. The last church I went to, they used me. I got used. Well, did you pray God use you? Yeah, but it's not the same. <laughs> I don't want to love people because well, they don't deserve it. Oh. There's a risk in everything you do. You have to have enough drive and know your why. Jesus, the why. The wise what kept him on the cross and said while they were persecuting him and crucified him, the wise what caused him to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The wise what drove him up every morning for prayer before the sun came up. He didn't have an alarm clock. He did not have an alarm clock. It was his why that woke him up every day. It was his why that caused him to go in the direction of the cross with the joy set before him. It was his why that gave him faith. Faith to hear, faith to know, faith to face every devil, every sickness, every disease. 
Everything that came his way, he did not shy away from it. He wasn't afraid of it. He wasn't worried about it because he had expectation, because he had seen God do it before. What made David a great king is that he became responsible out in the field. He knew his why when he was young. He became a shepherd. He became a shepherd and he prepared for his kingship out in the field by taking care of somebody else's sheep. You want to know what windows of opportunity came his way? It looked like a lion and a bear. Because one day he was going to face a nine-foot Philistine and what looked like opportunity to everybody else, to David, it was a UFC fight. It's like Mike Tyson and Andre the Giant, right? No, let me reverse that. That's like Nacho Libre and Andre the Giant. <laughs> Nacho! I don't care who you are. That's funny to me. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. There, there is so much that's entailed in your preparedness. There is so much entailed with your being prepared for whatever God has for you. I have more points. I'm just going to give you one because I've gone further than I need to go. I'm going to give you one. When we prepare, God reveals. When you prepare, God reveals. Let me read you Proverbs 16 and 1 so in case you don't think I give Bible scripture. Just one of those services where I'm just giving you a little bit so you can chew on it, take it home, write this down, Proverbs 16 and 1. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Commit, are you ready? Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. In another portion of scripture, it says, commit your works to the Lord and then God will reveal his plan. Jesus, by the age of 12, knew he was called into ministry. If you look at it and write down Luke 2, 40 and 49, it says that, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. And his parents went to Jerusalem every day at the feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem and according to the customs of the feast. And when they had finished the days, they returned. And the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. Think about this. The boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and Mary did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey, a full day's journey, and sought him among the relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned back to Jerusalem, seeking him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple. I'm, I'm laughing because somebody ought to make a movie out of that and make it a comedy the day we lost Jesus. <laughs> I want you to think about that. No, really, think about this. How many of you have ever... I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I'm looking for the real people here. 
How many of you have ever forgot your child in the car while you're getting groceries out of the car into the house and sit down and sit down and go, oh, my God, that was so such a long day. You got something to drink even, a little snack. And finally, when you're about to do that, you think, where's Junior? Where's the baby? Right? Oh, my God, he's in the car still. That happened to my wife and I. Well, it happened to my wife. We lost our little girl one time. That was also my wife. But anyways, <laughs> we were <laughs> our oldest daughter, Haley, they were in the grocery store, and she went missing. She was walking right beside my wife, and all of a sudden, she looked down, and she was gone. And, and they couldn't find, they called the front. They told security, I don't know, they went through the whole ordeal. Missing child, missing child out three. Missing child out three. I mean, they just, everything was happening at that moment. And then my wife remembered, I remembered she wanted a banana, and I said no. And she went back to the produce, and there she was sitting under the produce where the bananas were, <laughs> eating a banana, hiding. She's a little foodie now. We're talking about Mary and Joseph losing Jesus, the Savior of the world, folks. I mean, like, we lost the Savior of the world for not one day, not for an hour, not for a minute, for three days. Here's my point. He was young. But even at that age, now listen to this. When they found him, this is the point. Watch this. When they found him, they found him in the temple. <laughs> Not eating fruit at the produce. <laughs> he, he wasn't in the playground. He wasn't kicking rocks. He wasn't playing baseball. He wasn't out in the field with the other kids. He was in the house of God. You tell me the young boy, Jesus, with all due respect, didn't know his purpose. He knew his purpose at a young age. And here's what's amazing about it. Now, so it was after three days, both were listening. They were listening to them. He was both listening and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to them, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought for you anxiously. And he said to them, why do you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? That's where my mom would have taken the chancla and just went, Shata! and it had been over with. But Mary knew the word of God, and Mary understood where he was coming from, and there was a presence in his life. How in the world can a 12-year-old boy be gone for three days and not get a hit? I mean, you know, I'm just saying not get spanked or not get disciplined because he was about his father's business. And somehow, heaven looked at that, and angels kind of guarded him and said, don't touch him. 
The point is not that he was protecting. The point isn't that he wasn't disciplined. The point is, is that a 12-year-old boy was confusing the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and everyone else, and he wasn't out there playing around and playing hooky and trying to have fun on his own. He was stuck in the house of God. He was hungry for God. He was preparing his life. So when you look at Jesus and you see how he started his ministry after 30 years, you got to consider the reason why the three years was so dynamic and amazing is because it was 30 years of preparation that got him there. Wasn't in the spotlight. His mother even knew what he was capable of before his time. At a wedding, they ran out of wine. And she said, they're out of wine. And he said, what have I, to, what woman? He said, woman. Another one, right? Man, I would have been. If I was, that was me, and the Bible would have said, and Master Mary took off her belt. And she said, never speak like that to me again in front of my cousin. She knew what he was capable of. She knew. That's why when he said, what have I to do with you? My, not, my time has not yet come. Even before his time, she knew. Because she had seen, think about this. She had seen Jesus do some amazing things in the 30 years of his growth. So there's, this is what gave her the faith. She looked at his disciples and said, Whatever he says to do, do it. And walked away. That's faith. Because she knew who, his, who her son was and what he was capable of. What I'm trying to tell you is there's going to be moments this year, if you'll prepare, while you're preparing for next year in the preparation of time, there'll be moments you'll have challenges. There'll be moments where you'll have attacks there'll be moments where you're going to be in what we call a rock in a hard place not having an answer and you're going to look at Jesus and say whatever you say Lord it'll be done and praise him and start your day and it won't affect you because your faith will be at another level and you won't be afraid of the risk and you won't be afraid of taking chances and you'll be prepared because between now and next year, miracles, signs, and wonders will take place if you're consistent with him. So I don't know what your resolution is. But I'm not doing anything different than I did last year. And I will do nothing different than what I did this year to next year. Because every day, you got to make it count. Every day, you got to get on your knees. Every day, you got to talk to God. Every day, it's about getting closer to him. And it's going to stay the same. And that's okay if it's predictable. But we serve a God who is unpredictable at times. And he will bless you, visit you, help you, enable you, and do things in your life that you couldn't do on your own. But 
With men, it may be impossible. With you, it may be impossible. But when you think it's impossible, this is where God steps in and says, I'll do it. I'll take care of it. Nothing's impossible for me. Nothing's too hard for me. Well, I'm the only one that can do that. No, you're not. God has somebody else. Have you trusted God there yet? Have you been praying him in there yet? Have you been preparing yet? Have you been ready and getting it ready for the next? You can continue to see God do things and grow in your life. You just got to believe. No limitations. Come on, Haley. Time, I've gone way past my time. Thank you all so much. Did you guys get anything from this this Sunday morning? Thank you for the antics and all the things that come with me. But I want you to stand to your feet here this Sunday morning as Haley comes up here. And I want you to lift up your hands and tell God, I want you to prepare me. And here's what I want to leave you with. Here's what we want to leave you with. Start preparing for 2023 right now and let God take care of 2022. Right now, start preparing. And in the preparation of time, there'll be times when wisdom will come to you among people that are more educated than you, among people who have degrees and you may not have their degrees. There'll be times where God will do a miracle. There'll be times where there's a need and people will look at you because they know you walk with God and they'll have faith in your God and say, I trust you. Whatever you do, just do it. I trust you. Every day, God blesses and opportunity comes to those who are prepared. So this year, make it a year where I'm going to establish habits because I know my why. And I'm not going to need an alarm to wake me up more than I'll need a desire to get me going and a purpose and a reason. Everything you do should be encompassed around your why. What is my why, Pastor Bobby? Well, here's the, the ultimate why. God has called us to live with him in eternity. God has called you and your family to be saved and to walk with him in the kingdom. God has called you to make an influence in the world and see lives changed. And you can't do that going around, hopping around from church to church, from, okay, we'll just go to church today. And you see, a lot of people, a lot of people, they, 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 they want God they have God, and that's where they want them, where they have them. But a lot of people don't let God have them. Where he has you and has your heart, has your life, he becomes your mantra. He becomes your drive. He becomes your values. Church is not a place just to come together to make you feel good. Church is a place where you come to get recommitted and reconnected to renew your faith, to renew your discipline. Everyone has discipline. Do some people lack direction? How many of you are getting ready, starting today, and start preparing every day? I did good yesterday, Pastor Bobby. Good for you. Get over it. It's gone. Today's a new day. That's how I talk to my kids. I got to tell them just straight up truth. I did this yesterday, Dad. Good for you. Happy for you. You want a cookie? <laughs> I'm harsh sometimes. But you know, I, I, I just, I got I to gotta be honest with my kids and teach them the fact that 
in my family, I don't know how you do yours, but this is how I do mine. What you did yesterday was wonderful, but that doesn't count now. It's today, today that matters. What you do right now in preparation for tomorrow. Forget about yesterday. Don't live in yesterday's victories. Every day there has to be production. Every day there has to be results. Every day you have to be prepared. Every day. Treat every day like it's your last. Treat every day like it's your first and last day with him. Does that make sense? Let's lift up our hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, whoever's here under the sound of my voice, I pray that they would catch a hold of this and prepare their life for next. Every day, for the single person looking for their spouse, it's not about them finding Mr. or Mrs. Wright. It's about them becoming Mr. and Mrs. Wright. So let them prepare their lives for the next, God. Let stability grab a hold of the hearts of every person that's here and let them get rooted and grounded. Let consistency, God, grab a hold of our hearts this year. Let there be, God, a purpose reveal itself, God, this year. Let every one of us mature and grow this year. Let every single one of us, God, become disciplined because we find our direction, because we have our why. You're the why in our life, Lord Jesus. Because life is too short. Life is too short. And we will continue to pursue you because eternity is too long for us to waste our life. The things we accumulate, the things that we have won't matter. But the people that we have in our life will. So Lord, let us get a revelation today and understand our why. And God, let us have a revelation, Father of our purpose and let us hone our giftings let us hone our skill let us hone our purpose god to the point where we are prepared and we're not going to miss opportunities this year we're not going to miss opportunities this year we are going to be ready every single day god instant in season and instant out of season we are going to be instant god at any given moment we are going to be ready for every given opportunity we are not going to miss the will of god for our life we will continually, God, be constant in our life. Our prayer life will take on a new dimension. Our worship life will take on a new dimension. Our church attendance will take on a new dimension. Our service, God, will take on a new level. We are not going to stand by and watch other people be blessed. We are not going to stand by and watch other people have peace. We are not going to sit by and watch everybody else go to another level. But God, we pray and we declare that this year we shall arise, God. We shall stand up to the call. We shall be revealed, God, by the glory of God in our lives to bring you honor and to bring you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. If you believe that, somebody give God a shout of praise in this building here. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.